0: Welcome back, folks, to The Malwright Show. This is episode 220. We've got a previous guest coming back, a friend of the show. We've got Christy Murdoch-Elgar coming back on the show. And i also got my co-host. He's, uh, he wasn't well last week, and the week before, he was roaming the Far East. he's come back. We've had some technical problems, but we pushed through. Robert, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? I would love to. So my
1: name is Robert Newman. I am uh, the founder of an inbound marketing company that specializes in real estate. Inbound marketing is exactly what we're doing right now. It's creating different types of content and drawing your audience through the quality of the questions that you can answer for them. In other words, the quality of your information. And that is a very different type of marketing than paying... Uh, somebody to just go to your website. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advertise on Google or Facebook and you're, and you're going to see a one-page splash and you're going to click on something and go as opposed to I'm going to watch a tutorial or or listen to a podcast because I want to learn something. Yep. So um, um, anyway. That,
0: that's yeah. great. And Christy, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers?
1: Sure, my name is
2: Christy Murdoch Edgar and I uh, write for Inman and a number of other publications and companies and private clients. and um, I am the owner of writing real estate.
0: That's great. So we're going to be talking about a number of subjects, but I thought we'd start off with a recent article that Christy had wrote that caught my eye, and I thought it'd be a good starting topic for our discussion, or we might, we might fill the whole half hour with it. And that's, what content should be on my website? And I've, asked, I've been asked this question numerous times myself. So Christy, you wrote, the, you wrote the article and you had the question, what content should be on my website? good answers.
2: I hope so. I think so. Um, uh, one of the big things that people talk about when, and it's it's a little controversial because I, 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 ha- I have people who are really married to the idea of having an IDX feed um, so that people can come to their website and do um, searches for homes. Um, and for me personally, I think you're much better off putting that time and money uh, and effort and space uh, into content. Um, I really do, I'm a big believer in content. It's really what has driven my business and um, driven my growth. And um, so that's really what I favor. So I think in terms of um, being smart and targeted about the writing that's on the web page itself, um, and then also adding a content element like a blog um, or maybe, you know, video,
1: podcasts, etc. That's
0: great. Over to you, Robert.
1: Um, so, we talked about this as the show was getting started, and you mentioned to me that you are personally, uh, and we can tell, John and I can tell, or I'm an more. I assume he can tell, but you're a very prolific blog writer. You write a lot of content. You don't just write it for yourself. You write it for your clients. You write it for Inman. Um, so, so that's your bailiwick. Like if you were going to say what, like, if I was going to ask you, what is your preferred type of content? You're going to say writing a blog, something like that. Is that correct?
2: That's correct now, I did um really get myself out of my comfort zone with video uh this year, so that's new to me though um, but yeah for for what I do, I do uh
1: primarily the written word, okay, and so when you're when you're like Deciding to write something for yourself or your client, one of the topics that you mentioned in the article that John picked up off Inman is keyword research. And you're saying, hey, your blog developer can can find some keywords. I'm curious, though, because I want to know how you, Christy, how do you research your your keywords when you're deciding on a blog topic? What do you do? That's
2: a great question. Um, and actually, uh, because it's not just in your blogs, it's also in the content on each page of your website. Um, I know when I first created my website, um, I, what I did and what I continue to do is, you know, I Google myself. Um, I Google topics that are related to things that I do. I Google the way that I think a real estate agent looking for a writer with Google. And, um, so when I first started out, uh, I was ranking really high for real estate writer. I think it was, no, maybe it was real estate writing okay. and, um, but I wasn't ranking at all for real estate writer. Um, mm-hmm. and so I had to go back and tweak the language, um, on the front end and the back end of my, um, website just to make sure that I was characterizing myself in both of those ways. So, you know, a lot of times it really is just about kind of getting in the head of your ideal client and figuring out how they would seek you out. Um, And then seeing, you know, kind of month after month, where are you, you know, where are, where's your competition? That's the other big thing, you know, look at the other people who are in the space where you want to be and see how they're optimizing and what are the different search terms you can use to bring their web page up.
1: And the title of this particular article, guys, if anybody's going to look, it was put under Dear Marketing uh, Mastermind What Content Should Be on My Website. And one of the things that you address in there, because you just kind of touched on it a little bit, is you <coughs> touched on the length of a blog post. How many do I need to post each month and how long should these blog posts uh, be? And the reason I said you just touched on it is because you said you just tweaked the language to be, to match, um, a keyword that you wanted to target. The thing about Mm -hmm. Google is that with semantic keyword recognition, that's where long form content can really come in handy is, is my opinion is where you're Mm -hmm. trying to target numerous keywords inside a single article. But if you're going to do that, then that article has to be deep in order for Google to give you credit for all of the keywords that you that you want. So what's your opinion like you did, let's cover what you already wrote in this article. You talk about different blog post lengths, 300, 650, 1,000 words, 2000 words, 3000 words. I um, uh, just give me a couple of scenarios like why would you go and produce a 300 word article like when would you do that versus when would you do a 3000 page article? Like how do you How do you make that decision?
2: Right. So the 300 word thing is a little bit of a legend. (laughs) Um, It's just a figure that people have always used um, in terms of a minimum that um, your, your, your page is not going to get crawled as a new piece of content unless there are at least 300 words. Now, I have had, uh, you know, people say on the tech side that that's not true. It can be a little bit less or whatever. But the point is, you're not going to get any love in terms of SEO out of a 300-word article. So, you know, if you're introducing like a video or some some other thing, you might want to include that little 300-word Uh, synopsis as opposed to just a short like 150 word paragraph. Um, But then in terms of a real blog post that's going to get you some kind of movement or traction, uh, I think you want to be at least 650, 700 words um, up to a thousand. And that's for a pretty standard blog post. And then when we get into what we call long form blog posts, that would be 2,000 to 3,000 words. And so that's going to be a post that's sort of maybe an ultimate guide to something, right? Or um, the last word on some topic. So maybe if you want to talk about all the schools in your market um, as a real estate agent, then, you know, you would have a big long form blog that would go through all those different schools all those maybe all the neighborhoods all the country clubs whatever you want to focus on um, so that that's where you get into some of those really long posts the goal with those um, not only do you get to fit in a lot of keywords um, but you know they rank really high because of authority Google along with length and and other elements looks at the page authority and they consider something that's really long like that to be more authoritative as a source than something that's like 600 words.
1: Sure. Okay. And so I'm, I am, have you, have you heard of or read any of Brian Dean by any chance?
2: Uh, I, maybe a while back, not, not lately.
1: So, Brian Dean is uh, the author of a website called Backlinko, and he's mm-hmm. he's a guy like mm-hmm. like in the pantheon of SEO writers. He's one of the top three. You've got Brian Dean, you've got Neil Patel. Brian Dean is is legendary because he he only has about sixty blog posts on a on an on one of the most popular blogs on the topic of SEO in the world. And what he does is he updates each one of these ultimate guide kind of posts. He does, he basically does only deep content. And instead of writing new content, he oftentimes goes back and refreshes his old content. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious if you personally, and, and my my opinion on this, by the way, is that different strategies work for different people. But But it seems to me that when I talk to experts or people who do this for a living, everybody has their style, like what they're going to recommend to their clients, how long that's going to be. I'm curious, do you, when you talk to a new client, do you have like, and you're talking to them about content, do you go, do you have a recommendation template where you say you need 70% deep form ultimate guides, and then we can do 30% lighter content on the site? Do you have a methodology that you present to people?
2: I generally talk in terms of the ratio of sort of timely content versus evergreen content. So that's one of the conversations that we have, because I want a certain amount of the content to be something that they can go back and and they can update it, but it can more or less, you know, hang in there. Um, and so that's, I think, important. I generally talk in terms of um, a smaller percentage of the long-form blog um and and thinking about my own blog it's probably more like a 20 to 25% of the long form blogs um uh so you know because it's one of those things that that i think changes you know it, it used to be that the sort of thousand word blogs were really popular and then the long forms started really becoming popular and but the algorithms do change over time and so i don't necessarily want somebody to go all in on long forms mm-hmm. and then find that you know that they need some things that are a little bit shorter or that are a little bit more Timely, um, so so generally that's what I think of in terms of like seventy five percent evergreen, and probably seventy five percent in that thousand word range, um, hmm. and and then the other part would be for the either the long forms or the really sort of current um, things that are responding to something you know short term.
1: Okay, that's an interesting. That's an interesting take, John. Are are you just so happy to have me back that you're you're just letting me like I, you know I can go on forever about this stuff? So
0: uh, I'm just, just you... in, I'm just in and awe, Robert. Hey. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs>
1: right, don't, know, I don't uh, believe that for a second. <laughs> uh, no, no, no,
0: there you go. I'm just we're going to go for a break in a few minutes, uh, Christy. But um, have you seen the kind of content? You know, because you're working on the cold faced. You know, you're producing this content for your clients. Have you seen any new trends in um, this year? We're coming to the end of this year about certain topics that you're that you weren't writing like a year before. Hmm.
2: I think everybody in real estate is really thinking a lot about um, technology and thinking about how they can position themselves and respond to things like iBuyer, uh, things that are out there that, that I think a lot of real estate agents are um, a little anxious about, you know, that they that they sort of see as disruptive. And so they want to have something to say about it. So that's certainly something that I'm seeing a lot. And then I'm also seeing just in general, you know, I used to say that real estate was sort of the last bastion of content because, you know, I would talk to people and they really didn't even understand the idea of content marketing. They didn't know what a blog was. They, you know, didn't have anything going into creating content. Um, And that, and I mean, that was like in really, you know, big urban markets with really savvy people. They just weren't there. And all of a sudden it has just exploded. And I really think that everybody kind of, even if they're not, there yet, they know it's somewhere they need to get. Um, So I definitely, you know, see the urgency for people and people are more, much more willing to put time and effort in um, and money in than they used to be for sure.
0: That's good news. I I agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I agree with the strategy um, I all right we're going to have our break folks when we come back we're going to be discussing more about this fascinating topic we'll be back in a few moments folks I just I just missed him for the past couple of weeks. I were the teas. You, know. <laughs> you know, I felt a bit I felt a bit lonely, Robert. Uh, I felt I'm, a bit lonely. I'm uh,
1: sorry that I that I wasn't here to give you your 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 Insta target. I'm so easy too most of the time.
0: Yes, there we go. Uh, um, Christy's in my good book. She hands her a. a British bulldog as a pet <laughs> what what a beast what a what uh, yes. a great what a great choice uh, um, <laughs> so so back to this fascinating subject contact marketing um I, the second question I get asked around this subject almost regularly is well, what am I going to write about so um I know it differs. It differs between clients because they have different personalities. But do you can can you give like three or four topics that are based on your extensive experience, pretty good winners topics sure. to get started with to get over the block. If if somebody can't afford your fantastic expertise but want to try this themselves before they do hire somebody like yourself.
2: Yeah. I what, what I always tell people to start with is, you know, what questions do you get? Because I think for most real estate agents, you hear the same maybe 10 questions over and over. Um, and so that might be something about the process itself. It might be something about the local market that's very unique or specific. Um, but, you know, if people are asking you as a real estate agent, that question, they are also Googling that question. And so if you've got the topics lined up, um, with your market and with, um, the people who you work with, um, you're probably going to, you know, get some decent traffic from that. Um, And so then beyond that, you know, thinking about what's important to people in the market. So if you work with a lot of, you know, first time homebuyers, condos, things like that, you know, create content around that. If you work with a lot of luxury homeowners, if you work with some sort of specialty market like resorts or waterfront, um, create content around that. So, you know, it's it's pretty individual, I think. Um, uh, for a lot of real estate agents, there's something going on, something unique in their market. And because they want to really drive, you know, drive their traffic from that local market in many cases, um, if they can key into what is compelling there um, they're probably going to do pretty well and they're probably going to get you know some decent engagement in their distribution as well.
0: Before I throw it over to Robert would you would you agree with this statement you know I I think a lot of real estate agents are surprised to hear and I think this statistic is still relevant that normally on most websites the second most visited page apart from the home page is the about us page Hmm. and I I go to a lot of real estate agents and it's obvious they've been told by their broker to knock out a bio and they've spent about 15 minutes on it and it's very canned. And I think you should be spending a lot of time on your bio and it should be quite extensive. And also the the images that you use to support it, um should be more linked to what you really are what am I making any sense here Christy
2: um I'm sorry I my connection blanked out for a second so I missed a little bit about about that but you were talking about the about us pages Yeah. yeah I you know I think that um so much of it has gotten so generic and you know I write a, i would I won't say a lot of bios, but I'm asked to write a lot of bios and I don't love writing bios mm. <laughs> because for so many people, you know they just they get really stuck in this sort of formula, mm. and everybody's saying the same thing, and everybody's using the same mm. phrases um and and it's really unfortunate and i I understand the impulse um I think you know people are very afraid to do something. That they perceive as risky. But to me, the really, the riskiest thing you can do right now is to blend in and sound like everybody else. And, you know, I I would rather see, and I, I always tell this story, I, I know somebody who is an agent who on her Instagram story, she um, takes pole dancing classes for exercise Um, and so she will you know talk about that on her stories and it is fascinating and you know so compelling and she has so many people who are so interested in it and she has sold a lot of houses to a lot of pole dancers and I mean she's doing something super authentic and interesting and I guarantee people would say, Oh, you can't have a successful business doing that. But I think that's how you have to be. You have to be really authentic and you have to find something that um, people can, you know, get attached to about yourself. And it doesn't have to be pole dancing, you know, it can, but it can be whatever it is that makes you love the place where you live, whatever it is that, um, that you bring to the table for clients that's different from
1: other people. That's what you've got to find.
0: That's great. Over to you, Robert. <clears throat>
1: um, actually, I'm going to sp- spend a second capitalizing on that because I'm, I'm a huge <clears throat> evangelist for this topic. I, I demonstrate it in all of my own marketing. I'm wildly personal. I break all the professional barriers that, that you can ever break. I've been coaching clients to do the same for over a decade now. And I've, I've, I've got countless stories of success in the rear view, not to mention this, the success of my own company based on authenticity. I talk about whatever it is I'm doing, You know, the fact I just went to Thailand. I'm always personal. I, I, I drop the bullshit and say, this is who I really am as a person. So, and you're right, it doesn't have to be pulled out anything like uh, if I was ever to get into real estate for Van Nuys, Van Nuys is, is one of the most metropolitan markets in LA. It's not a very sexy city in any way, shape or form, but it's central to everything, which is why I live in it. And I would be talking as a realtor about the centralness of this location. It's, it's, it's very blue collar. It's very low end in terms of the type of home inventory that you can get. But it's also cheaper and it's central, which is why so many blue collar families live here in LA. That's the kind of genuine message that I would be giving if I was in the shoes of my clients. That is no bullshit, that's real. I, I would just simply say these houses are small, they're lower quality, but they come with a lower price tag. What are you looking for? Like, is it distance? Is it location? Or is it a bigger home? If it is a bigger home, Van Nuys is not the place for you. So, I love what you just said, and 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 I just want to 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 feed on that. I am going to say that you have a list of amazing topics uh, that you that you put down on your your article. So for those people that are listening to us, you should check out Christie's profile on Inman and start to follow because she 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 throws out a lot of nuggets, which is why John and I keep asking her to be come back on the show. One of those is uh, what should I include in my email blast, and the list is. Uh, An item or feature from your websites, your last two or three blog posts, a market update, special news awards, honors, certificates, and designations. So I do want to stop on that one, though, and talk about these bios. I agree with Jonathan, and I agree with what you're saying, Christy. And I strongly suggest that there is a mix between I think that the perfect bio page is going to include a video talking about who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And, and the rest of your bio should absolutely contain any certificates or awards. And I don't just mean from the real estate industry. I think that you should include like, have you been in the military? Did you get any distinguished service medals or crosses or whatever is important in that, that world? Uh, are you a dog trainer? Are you certified for some reason? Not because it relates to real estate, but because it tells people that you're a dog lover, right? Why would you become a certified dog trainer unless you loved dogs? As an example, what would you say when you're coaching your clients and trying to get them to be more authentic, especially on their bio page? Because we just started there, and I love what John said about it. So, what would you? How would you approach that topic? Like, uh, is is there anything that we've missed that you could add?
2: I I think. I think find something that connects you to the place. So if you're like, I have a, a really good friend who's a realtor in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And, you know, when she creates content, she talks about being the mom of a toddler in that place. Um, and where does she go? And what's fun? And what are the restaurants that are child-friendly? And it, so she is talking out of her own experience, but she's also talking to a very specific type of client. And um, so I think that's the thing, you know, connect, if you can connect your experience to that place and then connect all of that to the, the client that you want to attract. I mean, to me, that is a winner, you know? And um, so, but I think for, for a lot of people in real estate, and this goes back to the safety issue, mm-hmm. um, A lot of people are very focused on, like when I say to them, you know, who's your client avatar? What's your ideal client? And they say, oh, I just want to help everybody. And what they mean is they're afraid they're going to miss out on a commission. They are afraid that if they say the wrong thing or if they get specific or if they get niche, they're going to um, somehow do themselves out of business. And, you know, the first thing I ever Heard anybody say when I very first started um, talking to people about content was, you know, it's not going to keep somebody else from working with you if you're talking to a specific person. It's just that you're at least going to be talking to somebody, you know, and I think for so many people, they're creating content, but they're not really talking to anybody in particular. And so it's just general and it just gets lost.
1: I love that. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. Yes, be a meaningful specific as opposed to a wandering generality. For God's (laughs) sakes, don't be scared of the result because if it, like passion and authenticity will sell every day of the week, even if you're a passionate mother, I, as a professional who does not have kids, still might very well choose to use a mother to purchase my real estate. She may be talking to another market, but if I see her passion, about her children that tells me who she is as a person and makes me more inclined to want to talk to her. And that is the bridge between marketing and sales is, do I want to talk to this person? And if the answer is no, or they're not saying anything to anybody that I care about at all, why would you ever want to have a conversation with them? Mm -hmm. Uh, John? We're, yeah. we're closing in on our, yeah, I our think time we right are.
0: <laughs> I think we're closing. So, Chris, um, what's the best way for people to learn more about you and what you're, what you can do for the real estate agent or broker?
2: Thank you. Visit writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, realestate.com and uh, you'll find out more about me and what I do and read my blog. And uh, of course, you know, you can find me on social media and also at Inman. Uh, Check out my author page at Inman. If you're a subscriber, you'll see lots and lots and lots of things to read there
1: uh, every week.
0: That's great. And Robert, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
1: inboundrem.com, folks, go to my website. It's a little out of date because I've been revamping my content for 2020, but you'll still find amazing information on how to market yourself on the web.
0: Yes, we're not going to have a show next week, folks. I know, shock horror. I know wow. you're deeply disappointing, but it is on Thanksgiving, and oh. I don't think I could rustle up, a guess, and I'm sure Robert ain't going to be joining me. So, it would just no. be... It would now just- that you
1: just... Reminded me it's
0: Thanksgiving. No, right. I, I probably have but we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back the following week. We got, I've rustled up some guests for January, and also there'll be some internal discussions between me and Robert. We'll see you after Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. Don't stuff yourself too much, and we'll be back soon, folks. Bye. <laughs>